Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives podcast. I'm Oliver Hartwig and I'm joined today by our chair and senior fellow, Roger Partridge. Hi, Roger. Hello. We want to talk about your new report, and it's a sequel, because a few years ago you wrote a report called Who Guards the Guards? It was all about regulatory governance. And today you're launching a sequel called Reassessing the Regulators, the Good, the Bad and the Commerce Commission. What is it about? It looks at the performance of regulatory agencies, which might seem a dry topic, but regulatory agencies exercise enormous power across the economy. And how well they perform affects the wheels of commerce. Um, a good regulator can make sense of bad regulation. A bad regulator can make good regulation senseless. And if regulators aren't respected and if their decisions aren't um, consistent and predictable, that creates risk and uncertainty for business, which uh, impairs efficiency. And ultimately, it's consumers that pay the price. So good regulatory performance really matters. And which regulators are we talking about? Obviously, the three big ones, the Commerce Commission, the Financial Markets Authority, and the Reserve Bank. But how many regulators were in your survey? New Zealand has no shortage of regulators. What we did is uh, ask New Zealand's biggest businesses to uh, evaluate uh, uh, the three regulators that had the most impact on their businesses. And we got results for 24 regulators uh, across a, a wide range of, um, of, of of regulatory regimes, including the three all-of-economy ones you've mentioned, but others, other important regulatory agencies like MB and WorkSafe and smaller regulatory agencies like the Overseas Investment Office. Right. And what is the general outcome, or asked differently, what has changed since you did a survey last time? Since our last report, we've seen a, a general decline in respect for regulatory agencies. Two agencies improved their performance over our last survey four years ago, uh, the Inland Revenue Department, which was already performing very well. And the Reserve Bank has also improved from a very low base, but to quite um, creditable results. But all other regulatory agencies fell in the survey, um, with, the, with the most concerning fall being the Commerce Commission, which fell from already poor results with only about 39.9% of respondents agreeing or strongly agreeing that the Commission met the various key performance indicators in the survey. This time only 29.9% agreed or strongly agreed and 38.5% disagreed or strongly disagreed. And that level of positive rating is only about half the level achieved by each of the FMA and the Reserve Bank. And did any of that surprise you? For example, the stronger performance of the Reserve Bank? Our last report, um, in our last report, the Reserve Bank was the basket case um, of the three big regulatory agencies. Its uh, its results uh, were dismal. Uh, and our report brought a high degree of focus on the Reserve Bank's governance. Uh, it was acknowledged publicly by the then incoming governor. Uh, and, and the survey, um, the poor survey results preceded Adrian or picking up the reins at the Reserve Bank. He publicly acknowledged the um, the poor results and said the bank would do better. And based on the survey results this time round, um, so it has. 
so that was that was good news. Of course, in the meantime, the Reserve Bank has also been subject to a, a governance review by the Minister of Finance, and that has led to changes in the Reserve Bank's governance along the lines we recommended in our report in 2018. And were there any common features with all regulators? Um, any things that um, have um, improved or deteriorated across all regulatory agencies? Yes, the, the, the key takeaway is that three areas uh, are consistently poor across regulatory agencies generally. Um, the um, internal accountability or accountability generally, uh, survey respondents said was poor. Um, that's both accountability mechanisms within regulatory agencies and external monitoring, so external accountability. And also appointment processes. Of, we, we, the survey revealed very poor ratings for the robustness and transparency of appointment processes and raised concerns about increasing politicisation of regulatory agencies, which you might expect would go hand in hand with poor appointment processes. How are appointment processes currently handled for our regulators and how should they be handled instead? Well, at, at the moment, there is no one formal system for appointing uh, leaders to regulatory agencies and there's no clear and transparent uh, skills matrix against which candidates are assessed. So it's a little bit of a black box. Um, other countries like the United Kingdom and Canada have uh, appointment agencies which act, operate independently, set clear KPIs for the skills that, um, that they look at, set a, a, clear, a clear skills matrix for the, for the leadership that they're looking for and then make appointments based on that skills matrix. So let's talk now about the one standout regulator in your new report, the one that you also mentioned in the subtitle of the report, the Commerce Commission. It is now the basket case in this year's survey, um, taken over from the RBNZ in the last report. What are the results for the Commerce Commission and what do they indicate? The, re the Commerce Commission was the most rated organization in our survey. Um, we got about 100 responses, just over 100 responses from survey recipients. 36 of them regarded the Commerce Commission as one of the three regulatory agencies that had the biggest impact on their business. And the FMA's results really were um, were woeful um, across all the KPIs. The KPIs deal with things like expertise, predictability, accountability, learning from mistakes, willingness to consult, commercial um, understanding, and so forth. Um, on every one of those key performance indicators, the um, Commission performed worse than its peer regulator, the Financial Markets Authority, and and on many of them, its um, its results were were dismal, um, which is a, a, a big concern given the extent of the Commerce Commission's powers uh, over a, a wider range, a wide range of um, of the economy. And do you have an idea what caused that poor performance? Yes. The, in, in 2018, we undertook a case study looking at the 
respect for the FMA compared with its predecessor, the Securities Commission, the Securities Commission had a governance model that's very similar to the Commerce Commission with uh, commissioners who are either full-time or significant uh, or, or spend two or three days a week as associate commissioners as opposed to um, a board governance model where the governors of the organisation spend two or three days a month on governance and regulatory power is delegated to an executive. So in the, in the board governance model of the FMA, you've got an internal accountability mechanism. Regulatory power is delegated from the board to the executive and the board holds the executive accountable for the exercise of that power. In the commission model of the old Securities Commission and of the current Commerce Commission, there isn't that separation of power. So commissioners are both the governors of the organization and its executives. And we, we were testing the hypothesis in our first report that the board governance model is superior because it brings a system of internal checks and balances. And in our 2018 report, testing that hypothesis, uh, we, we found that the results very strongly endorsed it. So with a high, a high level of comparative satisfaction at the, at, with the expertise of the FMA compared with the, uh, the former Securities Commission. With the, the, it's what I would call an old-fashioned commission model. We weren't surprised that the Commerce Commission performed poorly in the 2018 uh, survey, um, we were surprised that it, its performance had deteriorated, but we weren't completely surprised because it lacks a key internal accountability mechanism which good regulatory governance would bring. At the same time, nothing in the Commerce Commission's regulatory model has changed since the last survey in 2018. The only thing well, that has changed is um, the chair. It used to be Mark Barry, it's now Anna Rawlings. Does that have anything to do with it? Well, I don't know that it's the, the, the particular identity of the chair. I, I think that the things have changed at the Commerce Commission over the last um, few years. It's gained um, uh, significantly greater powers, and it's become a more complex and more powerful organisation, the most notable of which is its new market studies, relatively new market studies powers. So the scope of the Commerce Commission's activities has grown, but its governance arrangements haven't evolved uh, in line with its more uh, um, complex set of the more complex set of regulatory re regimes it now administers. Just and we think that has to change. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate, then, is it the extra powers that survey recipients had a problem with, rather than the governance structure itself? That's a good question, but with most regulatory decision-making, there are winners and losers. And Every time a regulator decides something, uh, either some, someone doesn't like it and, and someone likes it, there's no reason for thinking that the position is any different, even though the, the span of control or the exercise of power is greater for the Commerce Commission now. Um, Or, or, or different compared with other regulators. There are there are almost always winners and losers uh, with any uh, regulatory regime. It's probably just been a lot more prominent in the last year or so, especially with the inquiry into supermarkets, that market study, which might have antagonized a few companies in a specific way, uh, which is probably then reflected in the survey. Could that be one of the explanations? 
I think it's unlikely that it's that that's the explanation because of this winners and losers. Um, if if the commission is exercising new powers and somebody doesn't like it, there'll be somebody on the other side that thinks it's terrific. Um, what we're seeing though is a, a regulator that's um, highly unpredictable, and 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 that that's the key issue that, um, well, one of the key issues that's come up with the Commerce Commission. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. In any case, what do you think needs to be done? I mean, you had recommendations in the last report. Have they changed or are you still reiterating the same recommendations from the previous one? The new survey has very largely endorsed the, um, the, uh, where the problems lie and, and, and shone a light on what's needed uh, to improve things. And uh, it effectively involves us um, endorsing the recommendations from our previous report. Three things need to change. Uh, the internal governance for, for some regulators, including the Commerce Commission, appears to be not fit for purpose. And a, a, a new governance structure is needed in the same way as a new government governance structure was introduced a decade ago for our financial markets regulator, the, the FMA, replacing the Securities Commission. The Reserve Bank's governance model has also changed um, with legislation passed last year introducing the board governance model, and we're recommending that that is needed for the Commerce Commission. So internal governance needs to change. Second thing that needs to change is external monitoring. Monitoring processes generally for regulatory agencies are poor. That was a finding of a 2014 report from the Productivity Commission Uh, monitoring by government departments and regulatory agencies tends to be tick-the-box sort of monitoring rather than a, a, a strategic evaluation of regulatory strategy or regulatory approach. And that's largely because the expertise to evaluate a regulatory regime like the Commerce Commission's doesn't exist within the um, bureaucracy. Uh, so, so what we're suggesting is that an external monitoring agency be uh, established to evaluate the regulatory performance of the three all-of-economy regulators, the Commerce Commission, the FMA, and the Reserve Bank in its role as prudential regulator. And since we made that recommendation in 2018, and since then, the Australian Federal Parliament has created a financial regulator assessment authority to evaluate and report to Parliament on the performance of Australia's equivalents of the FMA and the RBNZ. We think New Zealand's Parliament should do likewise, but also extend the breadth of the regulators being reviewed to the Commerce Commission. And do you and think the there's any appetite in New Zealand for that kind of super regulator? Well, it's it, it, like any reform. It, the, 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 the case for it needs to be made out. Uh, what we're what we're seeing in this report is um, a regulatory failure in the in the sense that we have regulatory agencies that are um, not well respected. Um, so, and, and there are good reasons for thinking um, improving the internal checks and balances and the external checks and balances will improve regulatory performance. Uh, such an agency wouldn't need to be large and it would report on a rolling three-yearly cycle on the performance of each of the three all-of-economy regulators. It might even be modelled 
partly on the Australian one and partly on the German Monopolies Commission, which sounds like it's the competition regulator, but it's not. It's the authority, um, a bespoke authority that reviews the performance of Germany's um, uh, competition authority and reports to Parliament on whether it, it believes it is doing a good job. Mm. So that's the second recommendation. The third one is to improve appointment processes to regulatory agencies because no amount of governance structures will make up for poor regulatory performances uh, appointments. You need to have good people managing these complicated uh, regulatory regimes. And at the moment, uh, we don't have uh, um, um, coherent appointment processes which in, to ensure that those appointed to, to regulatory agencies have the skills necessary to perform the, the, the job. And that was also a recommendation made by the Productivity Commission in its 2014 report on regulatory practices. Mm. So the so, bottom line is that you would institute a regulator or a watchdog for the regulators and an appointments commission, which is a bit unusual for us, perhaps, at the initiative to create um, new agencies, but in this case, it might well be warranted. That, that, that's right. It's um, um, you, you, you might say, why in a small country would we have yet another, um, create yet another agency or yet another layer? The reason for that is that um, accountability um, across the public sector is important, and we don't currently have satisfactory accountability mechanisms for regulatory agencies which exercise enormous power across the economy. Mm. So the last report was in 2018. It's 2022 now. Can we expect um, the third uh, report in the trilogy in 2026? Well, quite possibly. Um, uh, Are you looking I guess forward we'll, to that? Uh, I, I guess we'll... we'll I guess we'll simply watch the space and see whether the reform recommendations are implemented. If they are, then perhaps, nevertheless, we should still do, do, do another evaluation to see whether the reforms are, are, are working. Well, we'll watch that space with interest. But for now, thank you very much, Roger. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>